thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 61. Is it thy will, thy image should keep open my heavy eyelids to the weary night? Dost thou desire my slumbers should be broken while shadows like to thee do mock my sight? Is it thy spirit that thou sent'st from thee so far from home into my deeds to pry, to find out shames and idle hours in me, the scope and tenor of thy jealousy? Oh no, thy love, though much, is not so great. It is my love that keeps mine eye awake, mine own true love that doth my rest defeat, to play the watchman ever for thy sake. For thee watch I, whilst thou dost wake elsewhere, from me far off, with others all too near. That was Sonnet 61 of Shakespeare's Sonnets, and I am Mark Chatterley, and I am joined by a quite anxious-looking... Terry Helis, I'm just cold. Oh, do you want to do you want to put a jumper on or something? We we can do, we can pause for a little when you can put a jumper on. That's first. No, thing. that's that's fine. Oh, oh that's uh, it. Just knock your microphone. We are professionals. We are after all. Thierry is doing the opposite of what people should do on Skype, and he's putting clothes on. It's quite confuzzling. There we go. You you better now. Slightly warmer. Excellent, excellent. What do you think of of this sonnet? I like this one better than the last one, and we are back to the uh, the theme of jealousy. We are quite, quite, quite interesting one. Now he's almost accusing the fair youth again. Yeah, well, it, it very much has the feeling of you don't love me like I love you to it. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is pretty much well. <laughs> We know at the end he says he's he's um you're just entertaining other people and then have them entertain you. Which is Yeah. I lost my thought there. It it's it's a strange thing to say to someone you love that that you don't love me as much as I love you is a really weird thing to say. It's more of something that he would say during a breakup. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly. not me, it's you, sort of yeah, I I feel like I'm putting more into this relationship than you are. Or... Than you are, yeah. And and it's just very odd the, the way it starts, which is you know the is it you that keeps my heavy eyelids open at night? Is is it you that comes to me in visions and makes me stay awake? And it's like no, no, it's not. It's me. I do that to myself because I love you, but you don't really love me, do you? And it. it flips the meaning you you think you're going to get this lovely love poem about which because we had it earlier about the youth uh appearing to him at, at night and keeping him awake and it kind of mirrors that poem to a bit and then flips it and then goes no actually it's not it's me it's my own obsession that's doing that which is very introspective for um for this series of sonnets yes i mean we, we we've had the um the the, the um breaking the trust sort of sonnets before where he accused him of uh, sleeping with a girl that Shakespeare or the narrator liked as well. Yes. But the, well, this is just attacking the youth for not loving him enough. Yeah. And and, re- and realising that, that maybe he is obsessed with the fair youth. As, as in an actual obsession rather than just turning the obsession to love. 
do you, do you think this is the first step Shakespeare's taken to realizing he's got a problem? It might be. I, it, it depends how how the story will go on from here, but but it does feel a bit like that first sort of the um, the, the pink vision has sort of stopped and yeah, the pigs are falling from the sky and honeymoon's over. Yeah, he's gone. He's come back to normality and he's realized. So if we follow the story, that the fair youth essentially cheated on him in Shakespeare's eyes. Um, then one of them went away for a while. And it seems that separation has allowed Shakespeare to reassess his view on what's happening. That that's where I am, and he's he's kind of it's gone... that sort of out of uh, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing going on. Yeah. Now now that you're not here, I'm realizing that in fact you weren't putting anything into this relationship, and it's all me. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you are physically away, I'm realizing that it that sort of. Still exactly the same as it were when you were here, which which just <laughs> means that you you didn't care about me as much as. But then, it was always Shakespeare who cared more. Yes, yeah, and we we had the 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 begging slave poems, a uh, 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 sonnets, a couple of sonnets back as well, which I I I think maybe that was the first step. That was Shakespeare going, "What can I do to make you love me? I'll be your willful slave. I'll be your tool. Use me." And now it's kind of, I I I I think I love you more than you love me. Ah, that's a ooh. This is all in my head. Bless him. I'm feeling quite sad for Shakespeare. But then <clears throat> he's he's still at. I'm, I can't remember the stages of grief, or the, at least what I could t- uh, consider the traditional stages of grief. But he he still very much seems to be at the anger stage here. Yes. There, yeah. There's no acceptance yet. He just... The denial, anger... Denial, That's the one, anger, denial bargaining, is the first one. Something else, acceptance. I can't remember the something else. Um, is it five, well, there's there's several... Is it five stages of grief stages, that yeah. are like the... So you got... Uh, which are bullshit, but... Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, denial, mm. anger, bargaining... Something in an exception, uh, exception, as in I accept this, not exception like the, this. The Kubler Ross model, it's called. Kubler Ross. That sounds like it should be an alien. I am Kubler Ross, and I am here to kill you all. And then Arnie would would <laughs> resign as as governor of California, and he'd strap on some shotgun cartridges, even though he's using an, a, 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 a machine gun, and he would kill Kubler Ross. That's what would happen. You, you know what the stage was that we forgot? What? Very obvious. Depression. Depression. Ah, oh, wow. Bah. Who who, who really gets depressed in today's day and age? <laughs> it, it, we, we're definitely not breeding a society where, where depression is more prevalent than ever no. before. No. No, no. I definitely don't know anyone who is in therapy. Nor me. Not, not a single person. I think people got the underlying sarcasm there. I think so. Okay, I think it was fairly obvious. Excellent. Good. Good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, so. But but yes, we we are very eh, d- sort of denial going into anger towards the end. Yeah. But not quite because it's it, the ending is for thee I watch whilst thou dost wake elsewhere. From me far off with others or too near. It it kind of ends on this quibbling 
I'm st- I'm going to be your watchman. I I acknowledge that I yeah to play the watchman ever for thy sake so i admit that i love you more and i'm going to use that to watch over you which is still sort of denial yeah he's i mean he's he's sort of realizing what's going on but he's choosing to ignore not it. to accept it yeah to ignore it but then the from me far off with us others all too near that so you can sort of there's like the bubbling anger underneath it would just go there, there might be something big coming and he, he might get very, very pissed off at the fair youth. Yeah, do, do we think the fair youth is out there playing the field, maybe? It does sound like that. Yeah. Or just, just generally being with people who are in Shakespeare. See? See, I, I, I really... It, 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 I would love to know what Shakespeare was like as a person. I think we mentioned it before. That I don't think there are any records of what a what he was like because i don't think that was kind of the style of biography at the time you didn't get a look into their personal life biographies back then were very much he did this and he accomplished this and he went to this school and there wasn't uh yeah which doesn't tell you anything about the person they did on a sunday afternoon kind of thing yeah and i'd I'd love to know if if shakespeare was like this because these sonnets kind of paint him as an obsessive character even if he isn't. I, I and I fully acknowledge he could be playing a part here. This could be a character he's created, but the character is obsessive, which implies there's an obsessive. He un, Shakespeare understands the obsessive nature. But but then that's what a um a writer, a does. writer does. I mean, if you read American Psycho, I I hope Alice isn't actually anything like Bates, but <laughs> yes. But he, he still comes up with those really fucked up things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. But it's quite easy to come up with messed up things. I mean, I, I one of the things I tried to do when I was doing my, my writing courses was come up with weird and bizarre ways to torture people. And it's relatively easy to do. You just need yeah, to think it's, of it. It's, it's, more, it's, it's the fact that it needs to feel real, though. Yes. You you need a certain understanding of human nature. I mean, you you can you can write how someone gets, I don't know, something simple. Someone gets whipped until they're just bleeding all over. But but to just making people understand both characters that's that's the hard bit, which is sort of what Shakespeare always manages to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or at least in this bit, because it is all first person point of view. He, he is fairly easy to understand the narrator, even though we don't know what the actual relationship is. Yeah, there, there's enough here to hint that it's. it's... He, the, the, the narrator does feel real. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, and I think that's why a lot of people think it is Shakespeare. Uh, and we've had this discussion before about whether it yeah, is Shakespeare. But, or... Well, with, with with poems in general, people always believe that it's the writer or the poets who who. Just does autobiographical stuff. Yes. I'm not sure why, because you go see... Iron Man came out last night. You go see Iron Man. No one would even think that whoever directed that movie or, or wrote the movie... <laughs> is Tony did Stark. That autobi- it's, just, it's Tony Stark. Yes, I agree. And, and apparently Robert Downey Jr. is quite a pussy in real life, so... Really? Yeah. Well, we had... Was it, um, Gwyneth Paltrow was on Graham Norton last week, as we are recording this. Okay. The, the April 19th. And apparently in the first two movies, every time he just put on the costume, 
he um he just always complained how how just how heavy it is and how small and how much he's sweating and he had to meditate to prepare himself for that moment. <laughs> and then when 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 just when there's other people to put it on, it's like eh, it's, it's fine, eh, it's all right, it's nothing going on here. When when you start looking at some of the British BBC stuff where we've had people in prosthetics and and like. Some of the people on Doctor Who, uh, Daleks are one. It's a very enclosed, tight space, and you're sat in a yeah. very uncomfortable position for days at a time. Or the the Auton masks and things like that, where you have you have to have the plastic mold of your face made, and then you have to be in makeup from four in the morning for a midday call, and wearing a suit that's been tailored to him probably isn't that big a deal. Bless him. Oh. And especially with with the stuff that he's gone through, he he. Um, I mean, if if you survive drug rehab, you you uh, you shouldn't have a problem wearing a costume. Yes, yeah, because he used to like the coke, didn't he? I think or... he did a lot of drugs. That's that's why he got kicked out of Ali McBeal it and was. disappeared twice. Because they they kind of mm. went, come back, come back, and they went, no, go away again, go away. <laughs> yeah, well, he just turned up. And then Ali McBeal onto stage and yeah, and then onto the set. He made he made a snowman for Ali McBeal, and then she bought a freezer just to put the snowman in and kept it in her apartment. Oh, that was such a lovely show. It was. It would have been. It, I bet it's atrocious by today's standards, but at the time it was just so. I don't know. I rewatched a few episodes last year, and it just it still works. Okay. I mean, it it, it wasn't. It it's just that surreal silliness, yes. That just makes it kind of timeless. And the dancing baby, which just mm. took the internet by storm, back when it would take an hour or two to download yeah, a dancing to, baby. To download it. <sighs> Bizarre. Oh dear. Right. <sighs> would you like to read Sonnet sixty one out? Which which we do like, by the way. We like Sonnet sixty one. We we and and that we've barely talked about. We have barely talked about, but it's a lovely. It's a lovely one. And I wonder if you can do this one without any errors again. I'm, I'm probably not. That was my one sonnet of the year that I'm not going to screw up. <laughs> uh, I've I've got faith in you. Don't say that. Okay, I've just just I've feed my megalomania. <laughs> sonnet sixty one. Is it thy will thy image should keep open my heavy eyelids to the weary night? Dost thou desire my slumbers should be broken, while shadows like to thee do mock my sight? Is it thy spirit that thou sendst from thee so far from home into my deeds to pry, to find out shames and idle hours in me, the scope and tenor of thy jealousy? Oh no, thy love, though much, is not so great, it is my love that keeps mine eye awake, mine own true love that doth my rest defeat, to play the watchman ever for thy sake. For thee watch I, whilst thou dost wake elsewhere, from me far off, with others all too near. Bloody brilliant, that was. Bloody brilliant. Well done, well done. <laughs> uh, that was Sonnet 61 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I've been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at Nufkin. And I've been Terry Hillis, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we shall see you next time for Sonnet 62. Great. Goodbye. See you later. Bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis.
This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.